Hello, I'm Richard Tonietti, Artistic Director of the Australian Chamber Orchestra. I'm very excited to present to you our 2019 national concert season. Over the next while, I'm going to share some season highlights with you, which range from well-known classics from the Western canon that you all hopefully know and adore, through to exciting new commissions, new music and new projects. Please visit the ACO website at aco.com.au to discover more. Thanks for joining me on this journey and I look forward to seeing you in 2019. Our first subscription finds us playing Arvo Pert, the Berlin Mass with the Estonian Philharmonic Chamber Choir. We performed with this choir and indeed the Berlin Mass some 20 years ago. And it's not just that they are from Estonia, which is the same country where uh, Arvo Pert comes from, but it's that they have worked in close proximity with Arvo Pert since the beginning of Arvo Pert's career. Uh, this brings a real perception and wisdom to the music of Arvo Pert. We rarely play Arvo Pert, so I, I, I look very much forward to exploring the music of Arvo Pert, an incredibly important part of the 20th century and into the 21st century musical psyche, a sort of antidote, if you like, to modernism, an island and almost unto himself, and a perfect resonance, I'd say, to the music of J.S. Bach, which was also explored in this program. So this is the Estonian Philharmonic Chamber Choir in Arvo Pert's Berlin Mass, Alleluia, verses 1 and 2. In the continuation of our 2019 program, we further explore Beethoven's string quartets. We've invited back, return visit, back by popular demand, Lorenzo Barani. So it was in 2016 that we began a pretty serious relationship with the late Beethoven string quartets, which exist as some of the most profound, strange, beautiful, edifying, disturbing, exquisite, gorgeous works penned by any human being, but especially those penned by Ludwig van Beethoven in his dying and certainly deaf years. We didn't get to perform back in 2016 Opus 135, and here you're going to find this directed by Lorenza. It's rare to find a guest director with whom the orchestra has immediate and substantial rapport, and Lorenza is certainly up there. And that's why we've invited her back as quickly as we possibly could. 
She's also playing her own arrangement of a Prokofiev violin sonata. So this is Bernstein and the Wiener Philharmonica playing Beethoven's string quartet in arrangement, obviously, of Opus 135, the second movement. To find somebody who's collaborated alive, to find somebody who's collaborated with the likes of Dizzy Gillespie, Sting, Harry Connick Jr., etc., is very rare. And this person exists in the form of the great saxophonist Branford Marsalis, who we all know through recordings, and we're delighted to be able to present to our audiences live in concert Branford Marsalis performing with the ACO for the first time. This is directed by Satu Vanska, and she's also presenting, I think, I be, I'm pretty sure for the first time in ACO's career, uh, the Seasons by Astor Piazzolla, the great tango composer. This looks like being a very interesting and electric concert. And now you're going to hear Villa Lobos' Bacchianas Brasileiras, number five, played by Branford Marsalis.
In our post-post-modern world, we find that a lot of the serious, so-called serious classical composers come from the popular music world. Most obvious example of this is Johnny Greenwood, with whom we've collaborated in the past, and he wrote this extraordinary piece for us called Water, and of course is known as a, now as a, as a film composer amongst the greats, uh, having worked with Paul Thomas Anderson. And there are a number of other composers who are really making a mark for themselves in the so-called classical contemporary music world. Bryce Destner is one of those such composers and popular music icons. And the other one is Sufjan Stevens, who released a, an elect essentially electronic music album called Run, Rabbit, Run, and a suite has been made out of this music. We premiered it last year in our festival Tarawara and we're presenting it in the Barbican later on this year and very happy to present it in our subscription series in 2019. This uh, also features one of my favourite works by the Polish composer, the psychedelic music of Karol Szymanowski his second string quartet in an arrangement for strings. This is an ACO program extraordinaire. Now I hope you'll enjoy Sufjan Stevens, arranged by Michael Atkinson, Run Rabbit Run Suite, played by The Knights.
So one of Australia's, no, one of the world's great artists, Bill Henson, who's taken the art of photography to new levels and new dimensions. We first presented Luminous in 2005 or thereabouts, and then re-looked at it in 2009, and we're amazed at the, the support that Bill received through this project, his explorations of adolescent psychology and physicality appealed to us all and enhanced by the music that we chose, formed one of our first collaborations with a visual artist that created, I think it's safe to say, a new medium of, of expression. Uh, we're very proud of Luminous and it's been a long time since we've done it and I, I've been urged, in fact, it's been 10 years and I've been urged just about every few months, I'm urged to realign with Luminous. And so finally, we're able to announce this. We, we worked the first time with Paul Capsis and then with Katie Noonan. And this time we work with the Israeli-Australian singer Lior. And we invite you to become excited about this project. And we guarantee that once you enter the hall, you will enter another realm, another dimension. We're looking forward to presenting Luminous again on our subscription series. And so now this is a recording of ACO from Luminous playing Good Night. I'm not going to attempt to say this in the local Bruno dialect, and it's by Leos Janacek.
I remember a lot of discourse about the movie Amadeus when it came out, that people were somewhat disgusted at the portrayal of Mozart as being so flippant, played by that actor whose name isn't, uh, hasn't really grown nearly as much as the movie stature has, Tom Holtz. Amadeus, this strange portrayal of one of the great shooting stars in history, Mozart, did create a lot of discourse when it was first released. But interestingly, it did bring a lot of people into the world of Mozart. And you can't discount this. Is the movie any good? I think it's actually extraordinary. Whether it was, tr whether it was based on verifiable facts or not, the sentiments, I think, ring true, especially about this strange, effusive character that was Mozart. His character does come through, of course, in every note that he wrote. It's unique music for expressing tragic sentiment, always with open-eyed wonder for the world. Never is it cynical. It can be dark, it can be menacing, but essentially it's extraordinarily optimistic music. And when Mozart is at his peak, and sometimes he doesn't always reach his peak, but when Mozart does write at his peak, such as the 25th Symphony, which was featured in Amadeus, you're dealing with something that's indescribably extraordinary. Um, this is an exploration of the music of Mozart, even though we're pre presenting a Haydn symphony. And the connection, of course, we are all aware of with Haydn being Mozart's predecessor and successor and teacher and influencer. And in this case, Haydn sets as an inspiration his own G minor symphony, symphony number 39. And there's no question that Mozart was inspired by this. The key, the use of horns, and one of the rare moments that he writes in that dark key. The other moment, of course, being in the famous, much more famous, Symphony Number no. 40, one of the three great last symphonies. We're also presenting, representing Dejan Lasic, who's a very close friend of the ACOs, the terrific Croatian pianist playing a Mozart piano concerto, and I've had my arm twisted to play Mozart's third concerto in G major. And this is ACO once again, playing the first movement from Mozart's Symphony Number no. 25.
2018, we presented our exploration of the Goldberg Variations by J.S. Bach in a string arrangement by Bernard Labadie. In 2019, we're presenting a new work by Brett Dean, and this is his reaction to Brandenburg Concerto Number no. 6. I think it might be my own. If I had to take a Brandenburg Concerto to a desert island, I think it would probably be Number no. 6 these violas and gambas and the richness of the instruments is one of the most affecting and appealing sounds found in the repertoire. Brett, like many famous composers were, is also a violist. And so, of course, he brings a specialist craft to writing for the instrument. And this is a, a premiere. Um, and it's also a great pleasure to work again with the brilliant harpsichordist and conductor and early music expert, Aaron Hilliard. And so you're about to hear an excerpt from Brandenburg Concerto Number no. 6.
I'm a sucker for Dvorak, I have to say. Dvorak was a very close friend of, of Johannes Brahms, and Brahms took Dvorak under his wing. In fact, Brahms was, I think, superficially and overtly jealous or envious, I should say, of, of Dvorak's ease with which melody came to, to, his, to his pen and, and brain, compositional brain, whereas Brahms, I think, had to work on his melodic output. Mel melody just flowed like water through Dvorak's soul. And one of the most exquisite things, one of the most melodious, one of the most easy things to have seemingly flowed through Dvorak's creative spirit is his Eighth Symphony. And it's one of my most inspiring moments was to have listened to um, this for the first time. It was a revelation. It's so organic, so natural, and just seems to have been immaculately conceived without any effort whatsoever. Indeed, the whole of Dvorak Eighth Symphony seems to have been conceived in, in one fluid motion. On the other hand, Brahms creates more of a turbulent effect often with his writing. It, there seems to be more of an internal struggle. Think of his first symphony and the gestation period, what with Beethoven and his nine symphonies sitting on his shoulder. And the two, so the two works are together. Brahms's double concerto for violin and cello. Tippi played this with me a few years ago, so it's good to revisit this work. And it is the perfect compendium piece, we believe, to Dvorak Eighth, where you find the ACO in large orchestra format, finishing the year with a bang. And now I hope you'll enjoy an electric recording of Brahms's double concerto played by Feuermann and Heifetz. <laughs> Thank you. 
So I hope you've enjoyed this 2019 season exploration with me, Richard Tognetti, the Artistic Director of the Australian Chamber Orchestra. Please do visit the ACO website at aco.com.au to discover more information. I look forward to seeing you in 2019.